Welcome to another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Everything about Glasgow and Glasgow's West End. My name's Jim Byrne and the Pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And as far as I know, this is episode 65. In this episode, Pat chats to freelance photographer Denise Noon. Denise is London-born, but uh, she comes from Irish parents. Or Irish parentage, is that a phrase? She has Irish parents. Uh, We both came across Denise when we visited the amazing Bathing Bells photography exhibition at Govanhill Baths late last year. Uh, as a photographer myself, I was blown away by the exhibition. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Pat chats to Denise about her inspiration behind the exhibition. She talks about her approach, talks about her education in Ireland, London and Glasgow University and tells Pat all about uh, how she enjoyed working in Cafe Gondolfi. She said it was a job she really loved. Okay, before we get to the the interview, I just want to remind you we would be we would love to hear from you. If you've been listening to the podcast, give us your comments. Uh, if you've got any ideas for people we should interview or things we should cover in the podcast, get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch via Twitter at Glasgow's West End or via the email pat at glasgowwestend.co.uk. Okay, let's get to the interview. Hi, so today I have Denise Noon here. Hello. She's come over to see me. I asked her if she'd mind being on the podcast. Um, Denise, I first met you at your photography exhibition, Bathing Bells, uh-huh. over at Govan Hill in Baths. I loved it. Yeah. It was fabulous. It's um, perfect time. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I was I was thinking at first. I thought bathing bells, and of course, came into my head was the bells, B E L L E S. But it wasn't that. It no, was it, it was deliberately bells mm-hmm. with no e on it because it's it's the B. I think B E L L E S is it's 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 probably a male construct. It's like about sort of. Um, alluring poses and stuff like that so the 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 exhibition was women in swimwear but it wasn't salacious or posy or revealing bits Mm -hmm. it was more about um Mm self-expression and it and it and it was brought it, it it started originally because i've got this statue of a a swim person um created by melanie o'donnell and, and she was a big part of the exhibition. And she, the swim person, she's got a very sort of retro-looking swimming costume. It's like a skirted swimming costume. So it's it's um, c- covers quite a lot of her body. But she, underneath, she's got really real curves, you know, sort of slightly droopy tits and sort of... <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's not... They're not kind of per, you know, like... Um, um, perf- not like a teenage not perfect, model. Yeah, perfect <laughs> specimen of womanhood, but um, and it and it's she stands on my desk and she stands with her arms outstretched and I feel you know like she really makes me happy mm-hmm. and I had I thought when I seen her I thought well that'd be interesting you know mm-hmm. do a series a series of portraits of women assuming that kind of pose and and I, and I mentioned it to Mel and a couple of other people and I think quite often. You, you know, like we have ideas about, oh, that'd be good to do. But uh, uh, and quite often in the past, well, I maybe had an idea but kept it to myself. Mm-hmm. And on this occasion, I sort of like, as I was talking about it, it was evolving in my head and I was talking quite confidently about it. And then the reactions of other people are about it. That sounds like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that enthused me. And I thought... I, I, I just mulled over it quite quite a lot before I actually um, uh, got on with it. And then I sort of got on with it, but then it just kind of like... I did the first few portraits and they went really, really well. And then I th- and I just continued. And like, I think I said that thing, you know, when you utter something and you mm-hmm. basically committed yourself. Mm-hmm. So my first uh, two subjects I got... Uh, were as the result of I was at uh, Govan Hill Pool at their um, 
they've got a sewing workshop. Right. You know, it's all part of the, fabulous the, for the community, recycling the project. And um, I'd, I'd mentioned to Blanche at the pool about the project, and she'd said to, to everybody that was convened, you know, Denise is looking for subjects with mm-hmm. this, and a couple of people showed their interest so my actually my first quite a few of my subjects were people I knew but my first two subjects were people I didn't know at right, all right. and they were really enthusiastic about it and and the, the way it came about was we just um I was sort of I suppose I was a director but basically everyone was comfortable with what they ended up wearing and mm-hmm. we um one of the the women Mandy that I got from that 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 session she actually constructed her own. She's an artist herself, yeah. so she oh. had this. I mean, some of them uh, were. They were some of them were so flamboyant. The colours. Yeah, yeah. The, but, but, but what you were saying about your your statue, it was the attitudes. It, it just was great. Were there many? Were there fourteen? Um, we had fifteen. Was it six? No, sixteen, including myself. Mm-hmm. Because I thought if they they're doing it, I had to do it as well. Um, and and basically everyone was quite nervous before being photographed and um, um, initially I remember saying to a couple of friends about it and they said you know when I first said it was an exhibition of portraits of women in this swimwear and they said keep that camera away from me you know the idea of standing posing in a swimwear but Essentially, it was like uh, it could be, some some people were quite covered up. So, for example, my mum posed in a costume, mm-hmm. but obviously she's not going to pose in her. You know, wasn't comfortable just posing in a costume. So we made her a, a, a covering sarong mm-hmm. and a beautiful, colourful headdress, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and she, and 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 again, she was like, "Oh, I don't know about this." But then when we when we actually like took the photograph. My daughter did a little bit of makeup on her face, and you know, I, and it's a bit like dressing up, you know, that kind of. <laughs> yeah. that, there is Absolutely. actually a pleasure yeah. to be got out of that, and she actually really enjoyed the process. Mm-hmm. The whole I met, process. You, I met your mum mm-hmm. um, when when we came over. I mean, it was fantastic um, having that the exhibition in the bath. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, how did that? How did that come? Well, it, it, that was kind of like. Um, when I was thinking about the swimming theme, and I think, and I'd seen some other ex, I think it's like you get all these ideas from other things that you've seen. There's all mm-hmm. these little, and there was an exhibition I'd seen in there that was um, about Glasgow folk, and there was, and the the, the portraits were life size, and I think that's you know because the portraits weren't life size, but they were, all the portraits were like four foot, mm-hmm. four foot prints, mm-hmm. and because the way we had them set out around the pool above the um from from above you know the walkway beside the pool the empty pool mm-hmm. and they were sort of tilted mm-hmm. in the yes. way made them seem like they were life size so that yeah. that was mm-hmm. I kind out. of thought of them as life size yeah no they, they, yeah because yeah. originally my thought was oh I have them life size but two size so mm-hmm. for example um, there was maybe a slightly shorter person or, or Blanche mm-hmm. who, who's really tall and, and statuesque and I thought I'll, I'll measure her but actually it was like maybe a step too far mm-hmm. in terms of maths for mm-hmm. me to work that out mm-hmm. but they did seem life size mm-hmm. because they're elevated and they were tilted in slightly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You, they were I coming looked, It just you. looked um, tremendous I mean we were there for ages um, because we were, it was fascinating. It just looked so great. And I, I don't know how many photographs Jim took. No, he was um, following the photography. <laughs> he absolutely loved it. And uh-huh. then I, I was um, saying I met your met your mum. I was chatting to your mum. Betty. And she's Irish. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's in Dublin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she was lovely. And um, I think it was one of your sons who was there too. All my family. I don't know what day did you come. Oh, I'll not remember that. No, it wasn't the opening. No, it, met, no, it, was, wasn't no, it wasn't. No. It was Alistair, one of my uh, twin boys. <laughs> but they've all, they were all, all the children were there on the the opening, and they mm-hmm. it, well, the boys especially helped me with invigilating because you have to actually invigilate yourself and and things like that. So they helped mm-hmm. out with that. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, no, the whole family were involved. Mm-hmm. The only one, well, actually, I was going to say my husband, but my husband actually helped me put the exhibition up. Yeah, and well, he's that's an he, important job. Yeah, well, he's a plasterer and a builder, and actually, logistically, 
uh, laying out the exhibition involved um, we used fish wire and so, so we could have the portraits tilting in mm-hmm. we, we used fish wire and it was there was some mathematics involved mm-hmm. and like almost like construction mm-hmm. so he came in mm-hmm. very handy so yeah, yeah. the whole family I mean involved. I didn't even think about anything um, like oh how did you do it or anything uh-huh. because you were just engrossed with the actual exhibition yeah, yeah. I mean some some exhibitions you do start kind of wondering kind of thinking oh how did they get it like that and that but um that didn't happen at mm-hmm. all we're just, <laughs> so no it was absolutely fantastic and it must have been great for the baths because it it drew a lot of attention yeah to yeah. the to the pool and it that, is it, it yeah. was a really big um a, quite busy most days and stuff. I think STV were there interviewing you for yeah, everything. Yeah, STV, and there was an... STV were in interviewing, although that was right at the end, so mm-hmm. we, I don't think we got any more because of that, but but it's really nice to have, and I think the baths uh, is now um, officially shut down because they're having their refurbishment, but it's, it's just a really lovely space. Mm-hmm. It's like I remember swimming there when my boys were little, because my boys are 22 now, so they would have been about... No, it would have been babies in in the car seats because I can remember going for a swim up and down and, and, and you know, you've got the cubicles on the sides. Mm-hmm. So the two boys in their car seats would sit wedged into the... <laughs> I could keep an eye on them where I was swimming, but they were wedged in the cubicles. That was a great right, idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so it was... And I think it shut down a couple of years mm-hmm. after that. And then, although, I mean, they've got a, they've got one of the pools up and running and then they're going to be re-establishing mm-hmm. the women's pool. Mm-hmm. And I think the big pools, they haven't got enough money to do that, but I think it's still mm-hmm. going to be utilised. Um, I think they're still raising funds. Yeah. And, but yeah. what a fabulous campaign to keep that open. Nice. I mean, it was just, it's a lovely building, but also so, such a... Um, I said to the such a great resource for the community. Totally, I mean it is is a really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was there for a week, and it's a really buzzy mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Lots going on, yeah. and I, I I think it's like um, it, it was obviously well used before, but I think they've they've created a space that's used in lots of different ways, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I just I I love the the whole story of it. Yeah. All these tenacious people, no, Jim like, Jim Jim, fast Jim Monaghan, um, he's. Oh, I mean, you couldn't get anyone more yeah. sort of vibrant and, and up for it than Yeah, than, I mean, I think that there's, there was a really good core um, team, like Fatima and Jim mm-hmm. and other people, uh, and they, they, I mean, they were, like, tenacious and they just stood their ground. Tenacious and, is the yeah, right word. Yeah, That's and the kind uh, of word I was looking yeah. for. They, they, they've been, um, no, it's great, brilliant. So, um no, that that was fantastic. So, what what have you got um, on the go at the moment? Any well, other plans for an exhibition? I've got an, a couple of ideas. Not they kind of. I've, I want to actually show the the bathing bells. Um, somewhere else because right. I've got um, there's a couple of portraits I didn't do, at the that I couldn't manage to get done before the exhibition to, to add to it. But also, when I was ma- making the bathing bells, I had this idea about swimming stories so I actually recorded lots of swimming stories and in the end I didn't um didn't use it because the the pool was actually like it you know it was too cavernous and there wasn't I couldn't figure out any way to to get people to hear it properly Mm because it's you know quite a big space but I want to because I we did get a really good turnout but actually you know I mean with with something, I, it that, uh, just there's so much work in it that I really would like to present it yeah, somewhere else. Absolutely, no, I um, can see that. I mean, there are um, my actually um, my brother um, Liam, he's he runs swim schools, so um, he probably love love to uh, uh-huh. speak to you actually. He's not not well. None of my brothers are well at the moment, but um, he's on the road to recovery, thank goodness. But he runs three swim schools, and one of them... Well, he has has a swim school, but his different locations. And one of the places that he runs classes is the Arlington Baths Club. Oh, right. Do you know of that? In the West End. In the yeah. West End. Yeah. And it's the most beautiful, historic building. I think it was the first... Um, Baths Club, certainly in the UK, uh, uh-huh. maybe in Europe or the world, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's an amazing building 
and um, might be worth speaking yeah. to them because they have they um, have a lot of things. For example, when it was Book Week Scotland, they have events going on, and I know they've had other exhibitions yeah. there. So it might be that, Worth and that would be a lovely chat, place yeah. because yeah. it's it's such a it's such a lovely building in itself, and yeah. I can uh, you know the, the, they seem to be up for um, you know trying things yeah. and yeah. And, no, um, totally. But I, I, I want. I'm, I'm going to work on other things. I'm kind of like you know that way you're superstitious. Uh, I've got these ideas, and I think of it. You know, like it, until I talk to, to certain people, I, you know, I, it's not about this time around because I've like committed myself to that one, and it's like, oh my gosh, that was really creative and not 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 particularly. I mean, it's hard work, but it wasn't in the end. You know, you always it's think, so oh, yeah, it's scary and stuff like that. But it's it's actually, I um, I want to talk to a few people and then I'll I'll start uttering it. <laughs> like, yeah. But I, I really like portraiture, and um, I like portraiture and I like seeing. You know, it's actually it, Glasgow's absolutely gorgeous. To, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just I was I was out there yesterday, um, photographing. Um, the bridge and the, yeah. what, what was the cinema called at the? Um, well, the, it was the Odeon Annie's Land. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. Oh, right. And then it was a cinema for a long, long time, and then it was a bingo hall. Oh, right. Because it's a gorgeous looking building. I'm glad. Yeah. To, I'm so glad to keep that facade yeah. because yeah. it's lovely. Yeah. It would have been a shame. So many things get knocked down. I know. And then it's like part of the history, isn't it? Yeah. Before. And Annie's Land's not particularly. Yeah. I mean, the, the, those tenements over there are lovely, but it's not particularly interesting because it's such a, uh-huh. a sort of um, transport hub. You yeah. know, the station's busy and yeah. the big um, junction, the big Annie's Land Cross. Mm. So, so you wouldn't say, oh, it's beautiful or it's dead. But um, the, the, this, the front of this building is super. And then um, there, there are some quite nice buildings around, but yeah. I'm very, very glad they didn't. Get rid of it. Yeah. It's easy just to demolish the whole thing. They, um, there's a cinema near me, um, Year End, and they they turned it into flats and basically kept the the facade. They do that with quite a lot of things. They just keep the mm-hmm. the the outside, and I think they've mm-hmm. sort of rebuilt. Yeah, it's a good idea. But it's mm-hmm. nice keeping a, a bit of the original. Absolutely, design, that is absolutely gorgeous. There. Mm-hmm. That is kind of like. Quite art deco, isn't it? And, it is. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's that other building further down that's quite art deco Yeah. You know, it must be Flats or something. I can't remember what that's called. I don't know why the name of that's Kelvin Court. Yeah, Kelvin Court, yeah. Well, I, I've been in there. Um, I went to see somebody once and um, it's very 50s mm-hmm. and it's interesting, but the, the actual features inside... Like the fireplaces and so on are lovely. Yeah. No, it's very. I think that. I think that's. They're much more ex- exclusive than us. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think they're pretty exclusive. Yeah, a friend said she had a flat up there once, but she said it's like. She loves looking at it when she goes by, but she says it's way beyond her now. She just couldn't go there. But <laughs> there are. They, they. You know. They give us pleasure just to pass. Well, by, that's don't the whole they? thing, isn't <laughs> it? You know. I mean. Uh, you know, it's, it's very different as well. It's, it's you know, they, they did a good job in, when uh-huh. they built that. And now, so, I listen to your podcast with Ali, Ali Braidwood. Uh, uh, do you know, that's so funny, because when you said Alistair earlier on, he, he must say he's a big, big fan of yours. Well, I used to work with him in Cathy no, Gandolfi. That's another, because I, I don't know if you've seen the little post on uh, their Instagram post. They were talking about... The revolving doors, mm-hmm. and I actually never knew. I mean, I worked there for a few mm-hmm. years, and I never knew this. But the revolving doors came from the Central Hotel in Charing Cross, right. and they had a wee picture because it must have went on fire or something, mm-hmm. and they retrieved the doors. But I didn't know that they, <laughs> those doors got such history, and they're just so so functional, <laughs> and they still work really well. I love um, Cafe Gendolfi, and um, I was fascinated with. And, I mean, Alistair has achieved so much, yeah. you know, is, um, academically and in, in, in all, all sorts of ways. And his podcast is fantastic. And that was why we started doing this, because he, Alistair, 
We, I don't know if you know, but we had a project, a, a writing and music project, Ten Writers Telling Lies, and Alistair was so supportive, and so he did outside broadcasts with us, yeah. and he did a podcast um, of the ten writers who came and interviewed Jim and myself and one of the writers, Samina Chowdhury. And, well, he's fabulous. He does such a good job. And he thought, that's great. So then um, Jim said, you know, that is just a wonderful thing to do. We're not emulating Alistair in any way. couldn't possibly, because I'm always listening to his podcast because he is really driving a lot of Scottish culture yeah, and what's yeah. on mm-hmm. in literature and music and, you know, new, new, young, new songwriters. Yeah. And, and he's a lovely, lovely person. I had lunch with him not long ago and he's so, he's so inspirational. But I was... Um, I then asked Alistair if I could interview him mm-hmm. because when we had been chatting... Um, in the past, he was telling me all about when he left school, he started working in Cafe Gandolfi. And I, I just thought this was... And he loved it. No, we, we, it was a lovely, lovely time. It was when I, um, I... I studied at Glasgow University years ago, but I had uh, I did my time down in London again, but then uh, came back up to, to Scotland and got the job... In Cafe Gandolfi, and, it, and, and what it, did you do there? I was a waitress, but yeah. basically, I was a waitress. I mean, I, at that time, I was a photographer, but I used to teach. Um, I used to uh, work in uh, Clyde Bank, working with young people and, and things like that. So it was a supple- You had to supplement your income because mm-hmm. you didn't sort of pay the rent off it. But I supplemented it by working in Cafe Gandolfi, and it was just like such a, a social. A brilliant experience. Oh. It was like um, it was a very cool place as uh-huh. well. I mean, we loved we loved to go there. Uh-huh. You know, if you were going to Gandolfi, you felt really like part of the yeah. the whole. When we were Glasgow. at university, we used to go there. Not we couldn't afford to eat there, but we used to pray because we used to love their homemade tomato soup and garlic bread. And every time we went, we thought, please let them have tomato soup and garlic bread. Um, <laughs> Better than Heinz. <laughs> but it was, it was it really was a lovely sociable place to to work. And I remember after I started having kids, I used to always opt to work on New Year's Eve because you couldn't get out when you had. I've got four kids, and you couldn't get out. You know like you would on usually on New Year's Eve. So you used to opt to work on New Year's Eve because we were shut early uh-huh. and we could get a bit of the... I could get a bit of the atmosphere, yeah. you know, yeah. like... Even and other, we working, uh, other staff would be so happy that you were volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> no, and but I used... The other thing is you used to get... My husband used to come in and pick me up so, you know, you didn't have that... that that perpetual nightmare of getting anywhere on a New Year's I, Eve. I, I did... I, I always say to people... Um, you know, the, the Human League song. I, I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar because I obviously, well, it was one of my, my um, most favourite jobs ever, yeah. working as a waitress in a cocktail bar because um, I, I worked in loads and loads of pubs when I was studying and also when my kids were young, but I worked in the Albany Hotel mm-hmm. and that used to be where all the um, bands stayed when they, they came to um, play yeah. um, the Apollo. They would then stay, you know, and... You know, we we loved we loved that, and it was an easy, it was an easy easy job. But it can be when you're not um, going out a lot socially. That is such a, a social event. Yeah, working yeah, in a pub, yeah. I couldn't do it now. We collapse after half an hour. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, what I noticed because I left. Oh my gosh, I worked for quite a few years after I had kids, but I left probably about ten years ago, and I, I noticed like a couple of years later. Oh my. Gosh, my feet are so much better now. Because <laughs> you, you obviously got used to all that standing up and walking about. Know, but just and when carrying, you had, when, yeah. carrying heavy trays. Yeah. You know, you don't kind of think about it at the time, but you think, oh heavens, how did you do it? But, um, yeah. but no, but, I mean, it's hard work, but it was just like, it was lovely. It was lovely work. I mean, what, what, when, what date was that? What year was that? But I started oh, there. Uh-huh. Oh gosh. Now, it would be before BC, before children. <laughs> and my boys are 22, so I think it was probably when I started there, probably about 25 years ago. 
And so I worked there for about 15 years, you know, with... with yeah, um, well, actually, I had a year off when I had the boys because the boys were twins, so that was kind of full on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, and actually, I remember going back one day a week and I used to pay, and I was just gagging at that point to get out and, you know, you know, talk to adults again. And I remember paying um, a lady, a friend of mine, her mum used to look after the boys and I used to pay her to look after them. So basically, I wasn't earning any money. <laughs> but it was just like, it was out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, so yeah. it was a little, yeah. No, I can absolutely relate to all of, all of that. Yeah. And it, it, is a, it is a great place. I go there now and again still, still um, if I'm... Uh, if I'm doing something like down in that being the Merchant yeah. City, if I was meeting anyone, I would say I'll meet you in Gondolfi. And its ambience mm-hmm. remains it the same. It's just like, it's just, yeah. you know, I, and the thing about it is, like, when you haven't worked there for a few years, you you go back in and it's like, I mean, obviously there's lots of things change, yeah. but basically the... the well, the, the, that design with all that fabulous wood and that mm-hmm. they especially commissioned for, they yeah. did such a lovely job of it. Yeah. Who would change that? You yeah. know, it's... it's the only thing is all the, the, the furniture is, because it was made by Tim Stead, and um, it was all natural joints and stuff like that. So the, the every now and again, there used to be a bit of a problem with the tables being joggy, and you couldn't like drill things into them or oh, everything else to get, get them. Put something under, a yeah. bit of cardboard yeah. under, under, under. But the the, the, it's absolutely yeah. um, and beautiful. You know, and upstairs too, it's nice. I I went to quite a few events down there um, called literary lunch times. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what upstairs? Upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to any of those? No, I didn't. Like, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't even know it about was, those. It was Chris Aiky. Um, he was a lecturer at um, Glasgow at Strathclyde University and Queens in Belfast. He's now in Belfast all the time. But when he was at, at Strathclyde as well, he had these events, and basically the the bar. Um, staff came out, and he, whoever was performing, went behind the bar and performed oh, from right. behind the bar, and people could sit around having, you know, drinks or whatever. But actually, um, Tom Leonard, who died recently, mm-hmm. um, he he performed there literally lunch times, and it was a and Bernard McLaughlin too, um, d- different people when 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 it was Tom Leonard. I, I wrote up a, a, a review and wrote quite yeah. a lot about it and got in touch with Tom mm-hmm. to um, just chat to him, get information about him because it was really, really lovely because he performed his poetry mm-hmm. but he also was, he was um, humorous and he spoke a lot about his mother and, um, the, you know, the, uh-huh. their, their lives and just... Um, and it lends itself completely to that because the bar is quite big, so yeah, almost it, not quite a stage, but almost. It, a stage. it lent itself to yeah. it so well. It was just really. It, it was. It was. It was super. No. I knew they had exhibitions up there, but I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't heard of anything. Yeah. But but then I think they. Uh, it's that thing with um, social media, and you know, like um, probably if. They'd been into social media. I was probably in the throes of loads of kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so I hadn't realised about anything. But you but, need to come onto my website, yeah, and check yeah. it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was listening to the podcast, and, and I, I, honestly, it's it's just the thing about it is this: um, social media is re- really good for for keeping you in touch with things because sometimes there's, there's so like, much Denise this is the thing I mean occasionally I'll come across something and I think oh my god mm-hmm. I should have had that up and I've only noticed it the night before yeah, because yeah. Glasgow is just absolutely jumping all the time with masses um, even when you on. look at it's something like um, I think I've got time out and it's uh-huh. like oh my god I'm cross-eyed with all the yeah. possibilities the, the list is very good yeah. as well yeah. No, there's, um, there's no. It's ty- is it tight? Ty- I'm thinking of the London ones called tight. Ty- the Glasgow ones called uh, the list. The list, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah <laughs> but that'd be fine to be in uh, in the London one as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, in London, it's just like I mean, I love because uh, I, uh, I was uh, born in London, and I uh, I love going there. 
get you know. So dipping. where where did you live in London? I I, I, I grew up in the East End of London. I'm a Cockney, you know. I yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I lived in London for a few years when I was a teenager. So of course, when I met you, I knew I knew right away you you were a Londoner, and um, then. But did you not live in Ireland for yeah, a while too? Yeah, for, in my formative years, like from the age of seven till ten, I was in. So basically, my Londonness is dissipated by my Celtic connections. So I had three years in Ireland, and yeah, it was like because I remember coming back. Uh, went to school in East London and went to Ireland and they were really strict at school in Ireland. I got, I remember getting the belt. <laughs> I remember getting the, 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 the ruler across my hand a few times. For, and did you not get that in London? No, no. Um, and I remember cheating in spelling in Ireland <laughs> and I had the book on my knee and I was so nervous. My knees were shaking and the book fell off and I, I got 10 of the best across my hand. But they were really strict. And I remember when I got back to London to school, I was it was the last year of primary I got back to London. And um, I was top... First, time, first and only time in my life, I was top of the class and everything. And there was a boy that was a star pupil and I beat him and everything. <laughs> it was still downhill after that, but at that mm. point in time... Because you'd, been, you'd had to... Well, um, I dr- I, obviously, my, I, I'd, I'd responded to that. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's obviously responded to their firm hand in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, I, I was I was I was kind of up there, but like I said, it was. <laughs> yeah. I know I I, I I had something like that too because um, when I was in primary, I um, you had rows like there was the top row and the you know second top and obviously way down. Well, I was pretty far down, and um, I sat beside um, Madeleine Filoni, and behind us was I Irene Cronin and. Um, I, I had a carry on. I, I just messed around, or, and get would get the belt quite a lot for this and that for chatting mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then my uncle um, came to visit us with this um, teacher. It was called Eugene Meakin. He was his friend. And then when I went into primary six, he was my teacher. Well, I was so scared. I would. Like my my mum would hear about anything yeah. that I was up to, so I then swiftly get moved up to the first, the top row, and then when we sat the eleven plus, I get the ducks medal. Uh-huh. Now this shows you how ridiculous it is yeah. you know, to actually judge children mm. at that age. Because had I not got that particular um, teacher, I would have been still. Way yeah. down for definite yeah. because just I responded to that, yeah. you know, bit of a <laughs> bit of a fear. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. No, it's just um, it's just quite odd. But I'm glad to don't. I mean, we get the belt a lot at school. It's pretty shocking. Wait, well, the thing is, but that was Ireland in London in school in London. We didn't have anything I didn't like that. that. I, I mean, we was... used to get. Um, like it was a big leather belt, mm. and you're only wee children. Yeah, that's very cruel, isn't it? Um, well, the, in Ireland, it was just the ruler across mm-hmm. the hand. So mm. I don't know. I suppose in terms of violence, that's maybe slightly like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so and, and like I say, in London, nothing at all. Mm. So um, and the thing, I I, um, I went to prime uh, no secondary school in East London and. Um, I, I was I was quite a shy wee thing, you know, and I was quite intimidated by everything. If anyone looked crooked at me, I was like really into. But it was quite a big, uh, boisterous school, and I, I basically stopped going in. Now I can't. I don't know what it is up here. So it's it's in about. Well, yeah, I suppose it's the same year four, three four. I think I stopped going in. You know, sporadically in year three and didn't go in in year four. And then I think I got school inspector ran the house once. I'm sure it'd be completely different this day and age, but it was ran the house once and I don't even know what excuse we give gave to him, but um, that was it. And then never went to, into, you know, in, in hardly attended school in fourth year, not at all in fifth year. Um, and... Then, of course, when I um, 
wanted to go to university, had to go to college. Mm-hmm. But what they would call community college mm-hmm. now, but it was just mm-hmm. the, the local college. And and um, I, I remember applying for university the first year whenever I'd done... Well, I was going to do my A-levels, done my A-levels at college and then didn't uh, get any offers at all. <laughs> Uh, first year, second year, I got, I think I got, I, I got, there was a, a teacher at college that, you know, like, uh, gave me, took a particular interest in me, gave me, I think gave me quite a good reference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got um, an offer from Glasgow. Yeah. That's why I ended up in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. All down And what did you study? Well, I did, at Glasgow Uni, I wanted to do English and drama. So, you know, at Glasgow, mm-hmm. you do three subjects yeah. mm-hmm. and then another three subjects next year and then you, you do your honours, yeah. you know. Um, so I did English drama, English literature, English mm-hmm. language So what drama. year did you go? What, what year? 84, I matriculated. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's mm-hmm. one that one the, I'm, I'm useless with dates, but I, I, I remember I had, mm-hmm. you know, because your, your yeah. student card, yeah. the first number, so, and it so was 84. So we, we just missed each other? Yeah. Because <laughs> I went from 78 to 82. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So, so I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't strictly a mature student. I was 21 when I went, but everybody that I knew had gone... Was eighteen so straight from school, straight from school, and some were even seventeen. So at that point in time, it seemed like I was really old. <laughs> They've all caught up there, yeah. <laughs> not far behind me. <laughs> so it, uh, strictly speaking, I wasn't a mature student, but it seemed like that. And, and people, but I, I had a ball there. I had. To, I mean, I was really kept my head down first year. You know, got really good marks, and then I'm, I'm, I stayed in halls of residence. Um, Clay Hall's up at the top of the park, mm-hmm. uh, a gorgeous view of the university, mm-hmm. kept my head down, got really good marks, and I met my pals, and we moved into a flat together, and and um, it, I didn't get into one, I mean, I finished my degree, I've got an MA, but, mm-hmm. so you do your two years, mm-hmm. then you specialise, do your honours, and, and so I didn't, I didn't get into honours, I did an ordinary degree, mm-hmm. but that still mm-hmm. meant... In Scotland, yeah. I don't know what it is, but you know, yeah. if you did a, a degree, an ordinary degree in in down in England, you'd get a BA. Uh-huh. But I don't know whether it's still that way. But I've got an MA, mm-hmm. which I've never yeah. ever had to use yeah. to get a think, job or anything. You know, I don't think um, whether it depends what you're wanting to do. Yeah, but most yeah. things it doesn't really matter whether you've got an ordinary degree or an honours degree. And you're, I remember you're, you're, you're yeah. never going to tell. No, no, but no, I honestly have never. I think I wrote on a CV maybe very early years about what I got, and I don't think you know it, it's ever come into yeah. play because it's like when you you know Jim will know this when you're a photographer or a musician you're sort of. All, all these things go by, you know what I mean? Oh, it's only good as your last picture kind of thing. No, that's so. it. But uh, also the education and the application system, it's all um, it's all changed so much now because I had something the same experience as you, which could not happen now yeah. because I went to um, Clyde Bank College. I left school when I was very, very young, no O-levels or anything like that. And... Um, I went to Clydebank College. I was working at John Brown's offshore and I was getting made redundant. Uh-huh. So I only went to Clydebank College because I knew I would get a grant. Yeah. At that time, I got a grant and my kids were wee and I couldn't work in Glasgow because I wouldn't have been there in the morning to get them yeah. ready so for school and yeah. whatnot. So um, I went to Clydebank College only for that reason and then I really, I really, really enjoyed it. But... Um, I and I worked hard. I, I'm a bit of a swat. If I'm doing anything, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. totally focused. But um, I took ill, and I was in hospital for a long time. So um, I missed some of the exams. I'd missed a lot of the work, and I'd missed some of the, the exams. So I was supposed to sit um, A level sociology, A level English literature history and Spanish. So I only did the two exams. I did the um, the history and the English literature. So then I thought, well, I've not got enough to get into university. And then I got a letter from Glasgow University telling me I had an unconditional place. 
And I, I, that and that was only because it was mm-hmm. a, it was Alec Mackay who was the, um, the lecturer in charge of um, all the people that were doing their hires and whatnot. And I didn't even know then. Yeah. I didn't find out until I was actually at the university what had happened. But he went to the university and said, we have a very, very good student. She's yeah. not got the... She uh-huh. wasn't able to sit all the exams. And they just... I, I, so I was probably the person in the whole of the history of um, Glasgow University with the who had got in with such few qualifications but it, but yeah. it was great yeah. but that could not happen now no. you know there's no way somebody from a college could go up and ask well what's interesting now is that and I, I, I only realised this when the, the boys were applying but you know when you're looking at courses it's it, they they want to know you know in our day it was just that you passed or you didn't pass and now it's like first sitting did you get your A level or your higher first sitting or second sitting? Oh, right, did that you know that, that sort of yeah. comes into play yeah. apparently, and I and I, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'd have no chance. That's <laughs> yeah. well, it's not very fair. I mean, some people are probably got quite a lot of knowledge, have done the work and whatnot, but they're dead, dead nervous at exams. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, what what they get in an exam doesn't actually represent at all. Yeah. It doesn't represent the capability or indeed, you know, how intelligent or how able they are. You know, it's all, it's, it's, it's pretty un, unfair. I know, it's I, like, I think. well, I used to but, be. But we get in, we yeah. get in. <laughs> and then, uh, then what's funny is my kids, my two boys, Ethan graduated last year, Alice is at Glasgow Uni, and they were not... It's actually funny how it's kind of uh, repeated. History's repeated itself because I, 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 I'd probably be what you call a late starter. I, I went to uni late, but they didn't do particularly well at school. But they went to college, got their qualifications, and then went on to uni. So, you know, they followed their footsteps. I think it yeah. can be a good thing actually. Yeah. And I think going a bit. I mean, like, I think I was, I was, I think I was twenty nine when I went, and like that. I felt, I felt, that sounds very young now, but, you know, I felt, you know, like, um, and um, also I felt, I don't know what you felt about the English Literature Department at Glasgow University, but I did feel very, very intimidated. And and I did I did very well in the, the A-level. I got the prize at the college and I, I loved it. I loved it, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, I felt like everybody was dead posh. And um, mm. I felt quite intimidated, and so I actually switched. I switched to history and sociology. Oh, right. So I dropped uh-huh. in English literature. I can't remember because I did it. Did I do it first and second year? But I, the only, I can't. I don't think. Um, and because it was, you know, you're not sort of seeing anybody fairly intimately at the beginnings, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I do remember, I was so enthusiastic, and I would pipe up at. You know, like when they were saying something, yeah. to, and I would, I would say what was what was in my head, and I remember this guy saying to me, and it was a fellow student, um, and he said he was looking at my friend's um, dress book, and he, and he and he said, oh. You're that girl that says those stupid things oh, in lectures, and it was like. And to be honest with me, I wasn't old. You know, if he'd said that to me now, I would have told him where to kindly go. But back then, you're not very confident. So basically, he affect him. Mean, he was he was probably an Oxford reject, but um, he basically shut me up because after that I didn't have the confidence to, because, to say yeah. I mean I didn't have the confidence to say anything I wasn't saying anything anyway uh-huh. in fact in my um, my daddy um, died in my junior honours year and I was off for a long time I was off for a few months because he was very ill and um, so I was way behind but um, I'd gone to the doctor because when it was coming up um, near the finals I couldn't sleep. I felt I was so behind and I was so mm-hmm. worried. And she, just amazing, this doctor, I remember her name was Dr. Braidwood, and she said to me, I'm going to refer you to Clyde Bank, um, to this Dr. McEwen, who did hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this was way back then, yeah. 1982, you know. So it wasn't all about alternative medicine then. And I went to him and he just asked me... Um, all the things that 
were a problem for me and that wor- worried me. And one of the things was that I couldn't speak in in uni- at university tutorials or anything. I did not say a word. Yeah. And this was me in my final year. Did not say a word. And I got this hypnotherapy. It was like magic because after that there was no shutting me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suddenly was challenging all the professors. Oh, <laughs> that was bizarre. Unleashed the, your tiger in a tiger. <laughs> I know, but it was so. Um, I've still got that tape actually. Um, it's been mended a few times, uh-huh. but we hang on to the old. Um, no t- tape recorder, so mm. that I play it every now and now and again, and yeah. give myself a boost. And though sometimes I would say to people, we say, "Oh, well, you seem in good form," and I would just say, "Yeah, I'm hypnotised." Must <laughs> <laughs> no. try some of that myself. I'll tell you, it's, yeah. um, it was magic. It, it really was. But I'm, I'm really, really happy that that I always think it was just uh, by fortune I went to university. Yeah. But I'm so happy. No, no, I, I feel exactly the same. I think it was. Um, I just made, I made really lovely friends, mm-hmm. and that you know experiences that you wouldn't have had. And, and it's not. And in the end, it's kind of like I think what people sort of get bogged down in is like, oh, they never did anything with their degree. But basically, it's it's about the experience and I, the connections I, you make. I can agree with you more. And Jim's talks about that a lot. Um, it gives you time to kind of think about a lot of things yeah. you know and new experiences it just gives you that time to grow in different ways I think probably maybe because like like I said we were slightly older when we did it maybe we did get the most out of it because you're not you know like maybe if people come straight out of school it just seems like more of the same but um I just I yeah, I think I I would I would recommend that everybody like can leave it a few years and then do it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think everybody should have the the, the opportunity, opportunity definitely. Yeah. I mean, like that, I made loads and loads of friends, and lots of people are, are still my friends. And I love social media because I I I see lots of these people that were in my yeah. class at university, and you know lots of things that they've you know they've achieved or done in, in different different ways you know not necessarily it's just like that, having a that, brilliant job yeah it is that that's nice and I, there was someone that popped up on social media the other day that oh my god i haven't I actually haven't like seen her since then and it was just like oh my gosh that's just that you know and what one that i remember the first year i was on um what's that thing called again dreaded uh facebook but one of the first things that happened was you obviously put your birthday in and then all these people were wishing me happy birthday. And it was so, I was so naive. I was thinking, and I didn't realise that they they notified people it was your birthday. Everyone's just so lovely wishing me a happy birthday. And actually, so that year I didn't realise and then you realise now but you still get... Like a nice little buzz when people wish you happy know, birthday. I mean, even, it's just like even hey. when it's folk you don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> or don't know very well. Yeah. No, no that, that, that's that's true. So Denise, have you um, getting back to your photography and and your your work? You've got a base over in the south side, is that right? Well, no, I haven't. No. I've never be, had a base. Mm-hmm. Ironically, what's happening now is my husband is converting the garage. He's just going to make a little because I've had a, I've had studio equipment, but never had anything. Right. Yeah, you know, it's right. been a mobile studio, so I've just used it. You know, like for that kind of work and, and mm-hmm. set up kind of thing. But he's. Um, it's it's doing it's on on a budget, but it's doing a really nice job of it. So it's going to be a static studio, and to that end, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna sort of re, um, visit all my you know studio tuition, and I'm gonna, I'm starting off by doing a a studio, well just a one day studio course at, at the, oh my gosh, I can never remember the name of it, the photographers gallery in town. Street level. Oh, street level, yeah. I've got mental block about that. But I'll just start off with that. And then today I was getting a book for my daughter on Amazon. And and, and I thought, oh, just look at the studio. (laughs) So I've got a book as well. So I'm going to be... uh, it's just a really small studio. I just want to to utilise it really well. And it's Mm -hmm. just been nice to have... A static situation where when people because before when people have come to me 
they've usually got to wait till I've got a pop up or yeah. so or, they're coming for commissions or they want yeah, to commission yeah, you just to do like something si- it would just be simple like stu- and the thing about it is because we're sort of somewhat dictated by the weather in Scotland mm. you you know I, 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 I like doing stuff on location but you're you're kind of limited sometimes because you can't you know the weather and then you know it does get in the way sometimes so it'll be just there for whenever people want like headshots so li- I, I, I really love doing little fan family shoots and things mm-hmm. um i quite like that actually oh god look a low flame plane but um yeah you see a lot of those planes uh-huh. coming in yeah but uh i i i i like to i tell you what i really love doing i love doing big family groups and yeah. you wouldn't i wouldn't this year space uh-huh. doesn't accommodate yeah. that but i had uh, a 90th birthday mm-hmm. before christmas and all these people obviously that live every which way come came and it's just really nice doing that and Mm -hmm. I quite like I love that um the way you would orchestrate things so you can you know see everybody Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. and and try and those um those kind of photographs they're of historic value really because I love I have got a Mm -hmm. couple of photographs of um you know my Grandparents yeah. that I'd never met actually because they died before um, before I was born, and all the family and the lovely clothes. The clothes uh, are so different. I mean, they're a marvelous thing. Yeah, um, just to, it, to have. even just like because uh, I quite often I'll get um, people coming to me and say, "Oh, we just want you to do the kids," and I always try and persuade them to get in a picture mm-hmm. nobody needs to anybody but you well, need to see it that. but the yeah. thing about it is it's a piece of history and and, and especially like people said to me oh I don't look so good today but and I, I, I always say well what you can do is look at that picture in like 20 <laughs> years now I don't think there's much chance you're gonna look you know like infinitely better <laughs> that is, I know I mean I um, I was pretty shy when I was young and, um, you know, I never had a, much of an opinion of my parents. And um, now when I look back, I think, oh, my God, I wish I, wish I had... Yeah, too, look <laughs> too bad. No, exactly. I kind I mean, of, yeah. um, so I appreciated a wee bit more yeah. that I wasn't that bad. No, but you <laughs> do, you do. And I just, oh, so, this is so embarrassing, but I remember... Like when I'm a young teenager, my girls do this now. They, you know, they worry about all sorts of silly little things. And I remember thinking, being horrified because my mum had, uh, like, just like everybody else, open pores. And of course, when you're young, you're less likely to have them. But I was just thinking, oh my God, I'm so upset. I'm going to get bigger. <laughs> just like those daft things. Um, but just like the people concerned, I, I, generally speaking, you know, people. I, I suppose there are some lucky people that do improve with age, but I think on the whole, <laughs> there's nothing like that kind of fresh-faced look of youth, you know, even know. though if you haven't aged particularly badly, it's just like... Because often I sit... My, I, I don't think... I've got um, the, a couple of family members that haven't changed much, but then when you look at the of them in their younger days, there is this bloom of youth that exists. (laughs) I I love um, love the photograph. And that's something I I do love about Facebook because I love seeing all the photographs, especially if, like, somebody in Australia has a new baby. Yeah. And then then even some of your friends, because you've been friends for a long time, and you may never have met their... um, you know, their children, or Mm. certainly not their grandchildren, but you've seen them on on Facebook from the where we uh-huh. and then the pop other photographs as they're getting yeah getting older and then the teenagers and um I love my like my my, gran- my grandson Ryan Ryan's fourteen, my his big sister Caitlin, Caitlin's eighteen and um I I <laughs> she's lovely but um I love her without her makeup you see <laughs> and the big smile. Yeah. I know how the um of course it's all a bit love when we were young, my God and we had the, nobody wanted you to wear the miniskirts or the, the huge yeah. 
painted on eyelashes and the twiggy look. So it's, it's all about the fashion of the time. Yeah. But I um, kind of think, oh my God, I wish the young ones wouldn't put on all this, you know how to put on the, the cheeks, all the... Yeah. Um, contour. Contour, that's the word. And I think, <laughs> Big eyebrows. Oh, the, the huge eyebrows. <laughs> and I think, oh, and then, then, then they don't smile, the pout. And sometimes they stick their tongue out. Well, that was one of the things about bathing bells. Nobody was allowed to pout uh-huh. because um, it's just like it's one of my bugbears. Um, it's like pouting people. And the and the thing about it is that it's kind of almost like fine with the younger people doing because that's just okay, what we do. Just, but I do know a few older people that do it, and it's like <laughs> no. <laughs> But I say to Kate, like, they all get, get fed up. Of course, I'm the old lady now, so I can be, I can say things. You, you know. can be irreverent. I've got that. I've got, I've got no authority whatsoever, but I say it anyway. But I say to her, um, your best asset is your smile. Mm. <laughs> and because I, I want her um, not to pout, but of course that's not going to happen until yeah. that, that fashion kind of it'll, it'll goes. Fight. The thing is, I think that... Because uh, I've got um, a 19-year-old and a 15-year-old daughter, and I can see that the changes just in that little... The, the difference in their ages, like things that Ruby, the 15-year-old, is concerned with now, Lily was, and it's dissipated, and it's it's like... Yeah. She's moved uh, on to something else now, but it's yeah. like what those things that are really important to her back then are not uh-huh. so now. Yeah. So it'll just... It'll it's like sort of subculture, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I remember as well, I when I was at university, actually, I was knitting a jumper, and I thought, if I had this jumper, this... It's a big pink monstrosity, actually. And I remember that get, having to get someone to help me finish it, because you couldn't finish it. But I just remember thinking, oh, my life would be complete. <laughs> and I think I wore, once it was finished, I wore it maybe once or twice, you know, because like, you didn't realise what a monstrosity it was. But I just remember thinking, oh, my life would be complete. Well, well, what, I, what I sometimes think back on is that when we were teenagers, we were mods. Well... My first job was in a factory, and then I worked in um, offices. And you wouldn't have a big pay. And you would give your mum, you would just give your mum your pay, and then you got something back. Now, when we were all from, we were about 17, every last one of us had a leather coat. Uh I had a leather coat and a sweat coat, because you had to have them because you were a mod. So we paid them up. So... so it cost hundreds of pounds. Uh-huh. It was like it was almost like a teenager now buying a car. <laughs> I mean, that's how ridiculous it was. Yeah. But I didn't know anyone. None mm. of my friends. I mean, you know, we're all sort of working class families. Yeah. None of us. We all had leather coats, or um, mm. I had a leather coat and a suede coat, and I don't. You know, it must have been you were left with it. But then you, you at that time. A lot of the time, if you were going out, if you were going out with a boy, he, he paid for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you didn't, so you had to pay for your leather coat. <laughs> but it's like, uh, it seems bizarre. A good coat is essential, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you still uh-huh. got it? No, 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 no. I'm a size two or something. I've had to maybe get it up my on my arm or something now. <laughs> no, no, but I do love the vintage. I love it, and I love the vintage shops. It's just like I mean, it's just like sad thing that everything that 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 you knew you wore first time around is it's probably come around. They they come around again and even again kind know, of thing. I know, and I know, like, nothing, nothing new, nothing. Nothing new in fashion, although I do, I do not, I don't like a lot of the fashions now. Um, the, you know, I like the day things. I don't like the going out things. They're <laughs> very brave. <laughs> They're very, very brave. You know, I'd sort of have my hands up up to my chest. Yeah. If I thought like, you know, big, big scoop like, neck. Yeah, I see them. Like, I see some of the because the, 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 the sites that, for example, Ruby goes on. And like she's not general wear, she's fine. But if they're going out for a party or anything, and it's like, and you see, she shows you the picture of what she wants to go, <laughs> you're just like, oh no. <laughs> but actually, she's quite. It, what what was surprised me? It's like they're quite sort of brief clothes, but 
she's actually like, oh, I've got to wear shorts under this, you know, like to cover yeah. her modesty and stuff like that. She, so a little bit of paying homage to the, the bare legs and stuff, but being, well, at the same the, time being a bit conservative. No, I mean, the, clo- the clothes have no message. Mm. You know, they, they have no, they're not saying anything about the that particular young person. Plus, yeah. All they're saying is, this is what we wear yeah. and this is what's in. But I think when you remember back, you kind of like did take quite a long time. I did certainly to sort out if I ever did my style. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is. It is. It, it does come with a bit of age and experience, doesn't it? Like having, I suppose, there's some people lucky to know their style from very early on. But um, I certainly remember being. Uh, I, I remember at university. My style was black leggings, and I remember getting, I had this wonderful black, I think it must have been like a dinner jacket, but I got it from a, a jumble sale um, from a synagogue in London, and I just remember wearing that, the, the jacket and the black leggings all the way, and the only, the only difference that was in the winter, it would be a big, mm-hmm. bigger jacket over all uh-huh. of that. But that was my uniform. I, I just, I didn't adjust um, my style at all for university, which in some people's eyes at that time was um, a bit unfortunate, because I used to go um, to the women's groups, and, and then we would have these other quite a lot of political things I was involved in. There was a lot of troops out at that time, you know, for um, mm-hmm. the troubles in Ireland and they would go to the women's groups and I, I could be going with my, my friends and they would have on their um, sort of the essential dungarees and anoraks. Yeah. I would have my fishnet tights on. <laughs> I would have a wee suit and fishnet tights. Oh, so I'd love to have seen that. <laughs> I remember we read ankle boots and I wore purple socks with them yeah. turned turned over. It it was just I didn't and I always would have had my makeup on mm-hmm. every day. You know, people most people d- didn't wear makeup, but a lot of the women in the um, the women's groups, sort of feminists, I don't think they, they actually recognised me as a sister oh, right. because I was. Um, Whereas, you know, kind of like, do you not think that sort of position has changed somewhat? That it's much more. Um, it's a bit like that with the exhibition as well. It's like everyone's style is different, mm-hmm. and you you can you can do what you want. So yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like it, I was trying to get away from women, you know, like seen as objects. But mm-hmm. everyone did what they wanted to do. So if you mm-hmm. wanted to like wear, not that anyone were, was wearing anything skimpy, but if that's Actually, what you wanted to wear, that what you that were comfortable okay. in, that yeah. was the point. And and I and I reckon, well, I hope that feminism has moved on. That yes, you can, you can dress exactly as you want to please mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Not not a uniform, you know. Yeah. Not not. Um, so that probably that the way you dress then, maybe you got a I kind of jarred, yeah. jarred with some people yeah. and their idea of what how you should be presenting yourself. And I used to think because at that time. Um, my hair's dyed now because it should probably be white, sprinkled with grey or something. But and of course it's blonde because it's dyed. Uh-huh. But at that time my hair wasn't dyed. But a lot of the women who were kind of anti makeup and whatnot, they would have beautifully. And I probably didn't have any money to go to the hairdressers uh-huh. actually. But they would have um, like all streaked, like beautifully streaked style yeah. hair, which to me it just seemed well. What's the difference between that and wearing yeah. makeup, yeah, yeah, you know, but you know, there's always these kind of unwritten, yeah, unwritten rules. But no, I, 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 I don't, I don't wear my fish, my fish nets these days. But um, I might think about it again. <laughs> I mean, I would just be like, how would you get these on without putting your hand through the stuff? <laughs> <laughs> might have a bit of a, might have a bit of a, a, a struggle, you know. So, but so if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, um, to have the range of photography you've got a website I have got a website it's not very up to date it's Ruby Love Photography and it's Ruby Love Photography because like I've been a photographer for quite a few years and a few years ago essentially done lots of um, public relations local newspaper stuff and then I I sort of had a time where I was a wedding photographer um, and I 
at one point I had a website under Denise Noon Photography and a website under Ruby Love. And I thought Ruby Love, you know, it was after my daughter. I used to say Ruby Love to Ruby when uh-huh, she was right. about. So I just thought that was a nice name for a it's wedding. A nice so, so basically I've mm-hmm. discarded the Denise Noon and just kept the Ruby Love. But it's not for when, it's just the name of my site. Mm-hmm. But you could contact me through there. But um, yeah, and just through instagram and stuff like that i'm just denise noon on, on instagram mm-hmm. um and that's that's made me want to go and uh <laughs> revisit the website now and make it sort of more up to date and things but certainly yeah people yeah. can contact me through that good well ruby it's been smashing talking to Lovely you talking to you Patty. Um, thanks for coming over <laughs> and i'll watch out i'd love to see bathing bells again so yeah, no, yeah. i'll keep you informed <laughs> Thanks Denise, thanks Pat. Thus ends another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End chat. Another absolute cracker, I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. Uh, I'll catch you the next time. Bye for now.